talking about prosperity. I think we're in our fifth or sixth week, aren't we? Something like that. Anyway, we're way on down. <laughs> so, uh, hey, get the tapes of the past weeks because we're kind of moving methodically through this thing on prosperity. You know, uh, you, we could preach on prosperity, and we, we, ha we do preach on prosperity. But I don't know if you understand the difference between preaching and teaching. Preaching is inspirational. Preaching gets you revved up. Praise God, we can do it. Let's go. And, you know, but preaching, you, you need something under that. You need teaching. And so we're teaching on Wednesday night. We are going through the Word methodically. We're not just hyping you up. And preaching's good, but the Bible says that Jesus went about teaching preaching and healing and you can go through the gospels and see so you know you have to have teaching a lot of times a lot of people have their whole life based on preaching they love that preaching anointing that preaching ministry and it's good but i tell you what um you must have teaching. Well, I don't have to really tell y'all that because maybe you didn't know that, but the, uh, Kevin Durant said y'all knew how to pull on the teaching anointing in this church. And so y'all already, you know how to, you know how to receive from it even if you didn't understand that. But anyway, I'm just, I guess I'm warning you tonight that I got a lot of scriptures. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just, I'm warning you, we are going to the Word of God tonight. Amen. And y'all won't mind that, will you? Well, we want to look tonight how prosperity was in the original plan. So to go to the original plan, we need to go to Genesis, don't we? Chapter 1 and verse 26. And so y'all get your seatbelt buckled. Get ready to flip the scriptures fast. One good way to do that is to turn to the scripture when I say what it is and then write it down instead of writing it down and then turn it. And that way you'll be able to keep up. And uh, I, some of you might not have known that. So here, here we go. Prosperity in the original plan. Genesis 1 verse 26 says, um, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Pastor's been teaching on that, hadn't he? Over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and the image of God created he him male and female created he them and God blessed them now you need to uh, 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 take your pencil or your highlight or whatever and circle or highlight and God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish, the sea, and over the fowl, and so forth. And um, so God blessed them, didn't he? Hallelujah. Boy, that's good. Uh, turn to Genesis chapter 2. two and uh, we might not even read this because you know um, what it says there in verse 15. In Genesis 2:15, it talks about Jesus, uh, God gave him a command. And he said, of every tree in the garden you may eat, but don't eat of this one. Remember? Y'all remember that? So we wouldn't have to read those scriptures tonight, would we? And then in Romans chapter 12, but how many of you know they did eat? And they did fall. <laughs> Amen. But Romans chapter 5, verse 12, and you can turn there if you want. Well, I will. I, I was just going to quote it, but we'll, we'll turn there. Get your foundation real straight. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, that'd be Adam, wouldn't it? And death by sin. See, it says there, death entered by the sin. Okay? And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned, okay? So we see death came through that one man, Adam, and, he ca and death came to every man. Now, 
sickness and poverty are death. Actually, we could call it pre-death. Sickness and poverty are pre-death, pre-death conditions. In fact, uh, famine is poverty in its worst form. Famine is poverty in its worst form. And so, death came by this man Adam and was passed to all men. And in that death is not just spiritual death, where they are not alive unto God anymore, but in that is also poverty and sickness. So right there, we, we really wouldn't have to go any further to know God wasn't into poverty, was He? Amen. So, but the reason we want to cover this tonight and, and, and to start there is because what we need to find out, we already looked in Genesis 1, 26, and we already found out that God's first will for man was blessed. It says, and God blessed them. And let me give you the definition of the word blessed if you were to look that up, of the Bible definition of the word blessed. And we've heard a lot of different definitions through the year, but let me read this to you. Blessed means you are the object of God's favor and He has empowered you to prosper. You ought to write that down. You are the object of God's favor and He has empowered you to prosper. So look how Adam, and it says, and he blessed them. He was, they were the object of God's favor, and he had empowered them to prosper. But then through, through Adam's fall, death came to all men, and in that death, poverty and sickness. So, um, get back on my right page. What we need to find out now is, after Adam fell, did God change his mind? We need to know if now, we know God's will in the beginning was blessed, but now is it different because of Adam's fall? So to do that, what we need to do is start to look at some of the Old Testament men tonight. And that's what we're going to mostly do tonight, is look at the Old Testament uh, uh, men of God and see if there was prosperity in their lives, if there was blessing there after the fall. So go to uh, Genesis 9-1. I wrote down Noah 9-1, but that's not right. <laughs> go to Genesis 9-1. But this is about Noah, but it's not in Noah 9-1. Genesis 9, verse 1. And this is about Noah. And look at the very first four words, and I want you to circle them or highlight them. It says, and God blessed Noah. So God must not have changed his mind. But we won't just take Noah's word for it, or one, one man. We'll just see if this blessing, you know, we'll see if this blessing continues. This empowerment to prosper. This, the favor of God. And this empowerment to prosper. Let's look at Abraham, and we'll go to Genesis chapter 12. And we're just going to be going right through the word here. So we're finding out here that God didn't change his plans. Genesis 12, verse uh, 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and look, circle this, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and look at here, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now God says, I will bless thee, and in verse 2 there, the last part, he tells us why. He tells us the whole purpose of it, in order that you can be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. Amen? So here's God's purposes. Um, 
So we can see here that it's God's best for you to be blessed. God's best is blessed, okay? And uh, it's not, you're not blessed to consume it on yourself. You're best blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. Don't y'all love that? Oh, hallelujah. Turn, oh, no, wait a minute. I think we're supposed to read a verse uh, three. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them, him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Every family of the earth. Amen? Boy, that's good stuff. And it turned to chapter 12, verse 5. Oh, we're right there. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And so see there their substance. Look at 13, chapter 1. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. And look at this. And underline this. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also, which went with Abram, Abram had flocks and herds and tents so we're. I, I want I'm. I'm going to read here several scriptures to show you not just that they were blessed, but I want you to see the extent of it. Okay, and the land, verse six, was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. So that's a lot. When the land can't hold you, you got so much. Would you? Would Would y'all agree that that's a big blessing? Turn to fourteen fourteen. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318. Look at that. I mean, tell you talk about wealth, having 318 servants. I would venture to say, I thought about this this afternoon, and I, there's some people in Tuscaloosa that have servants, but I would venture to say that there's probably not very many people in Tuscaloosa that have more than three. I figure, you know, most there's quite a few that have a housekeeper, probably quite a few that have a housekeeper and a full-time gardener, and uh, I couldn't think what another one could do. <laughs> I guess I can kind of think of them all, huh? A nanny. Okay, we got a nanny, we got a, a full-time housekeeper, and we got a full-time gardener, but, you know, and may, okay, let's say they got a butler just to open and close doors for them and to lay out their clothes, you know. And maybe they have their own personal, you know, some women have their, and especially in the South, in the olden days, they had their own personal maid to just help them tie their corset and everything. <laughs> well, I mean, they did. And so five, so, so, so if, if, if in Tuscaloosa, I would say, I bet there's not, I bet there's not one that has five full-time servants, but there might be, let's just say max, maybe, maybe a secretary, you know, not for their business, but a personal secretary, maybe five. But he had 318 full-time servants. I mean, you got to prosper just to feed 318 full-time servants and pay them, don't you? I mean, so so that's that's some pretty big prosperity. Look at eight verse 18 of that same chapter. And it says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. 
And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up mine hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a from a thread even to a shoe latchet that I will not take anything that is thine lest thou should say I have made Abram rich. Uh So Abram's rich but he just don't want this man to say you know that he made him rich okay so amen so we see we're seeing prosperity here aren't we look at uh, chapter 24 well you say well Debbie why am I not prospering like this word tells well your mind's just not been renewed that's all all you need is more of a renewed mind That's all you need. Praise God. You're saved. Hallelujah. If you're not saved, you do need to get saved too. Um, Listen to this. Now, this is is, uh, when Abram sent his servant to get Rebekah for Isaac. And it's verse 22. And it came to pass as the camels had done drinking that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for hands of ten shekel weights of gold. And then look over in, um, let's see... um, Look at 29, chapter 29, verse 29. And Rebekah had a brother, and his name was Laban. And Laban ran out into the man unto the well. And it came to pass when he saw the earring and bracelets upon his sister's hands. And when he heard the words of Rebekah, his sister, saying, Thus spake the man unto me. And he came unto the man, and behold, he stood by the camels at the well. And he said, Come in, thou blessed of the Lord. Underline that blessed of the Lord. Wherefore standest thou without? For I have prepared going. We're not going to read the rest of that. But uh, basically, have you ever seen a, an earring and two bracelets that made you want to bow down and call somebody blessed? I've never seen an earring and two bracelets that that that, that had that 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 kind of a, an effect on me. But this is some major stuff. This is some major stuff that would cause this man to say, man, I I mean, you don't have to say anything. I don't have to know your testimony. I can just tell by looking at that earring and those two bracelets that you are the blessed of the Lord. Wow. Amen. Okay, so look at chapter 24, verse 1. We're in 24. Look back at verse 1. It says, And Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abram in all things. You need to under that, that he was blessed. And blessed, God had blessed Abram in all things. Now, some people want to say, well, this was just spiritual blessings. Uh, Of course, we already proved that wrong by the bracelets and the earrings and, and some of the other stuff we've talked about. But look here, it says all things. You could circle the word all because how many of you know all means all? Amen. Amen. So all things. Hallelujah. Well, let's look at, let's, let's go a little further. We've kind of got Abraham sewed up. And also I want you to notice that in 24.1 it was past tense also. So uh, uh, look at, let's look at Isaac in uh, uh, Genesis 25 verse 5. This isn't too hard because I'm just going in order through Genesis. So y'all are, y'all are doing good. And it says, And Abram gave all that he had unto Isaac. Well, that'd be a nice little inheritance, wouldn't it? That'd be fun. And um, verse 11. But it didn't just... Hey, if Isaac just said, Hey, I got all my dad had. God doesn't have to do anything else. But look at verse 11. And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that, look at this, God blessed his son Isaac. I want you to uh, circle that or underline it. And Isaac dwelt by the well, Laharoi, uh, or however you say that. And um, then look at 26.3. 
sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee and will bless thee. I hope, are y'all catching on to underline every time it says bless and everything? And I will bless thee, for unto thee and to thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. Look at the blessing of Abraham coming down here. I want you to notice that too, coming down through the generations. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Okay, so we see that blessed to be a blessing again, don't we? And then look at chapter 26, verse 12. Oh, we were. Look at verse 12. It says, Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Y'all are underlining. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. I mean, he, I like progress, don't you? It says he went forward. So he didn't just have the blessing passed from Abraham, you know, like inheritance, but he had, he had more than that. He had the continued blessing of the Lord. And it says he went from great uh, to very great. And so we see God... Uh, uh, Oh, let's read one more verse. For he had possessions of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. See, that's how much God wants you to be blessed. You say, oh, Debbie, I am so blessed. Y'all, we, and we are, I mean, I'm not, I am not trying to be disrespectful, and I am not trying to discount the fact that God has blessed us. But people settle for so little. You know, you can even read testimonies, even in sometimes women's magazines, and they'll just say, well, you know, we didn't have anything that Christmas, but we just realized how blessed we were because we had our family, and I realize that family is the most important thing, and I'm not discounting that but we should not settle for so little when God wants to give us so much and you know until you're so rich that people are envying you then you're not wealthy enough you're not blessed enough God still wants to bless you more Amen. These were, I want to remind you that these were old covenant men. These men were not even born again. They were not new creations in Christ. They, they, had, they had the nature of Satan on the inside of them. They were not new covenant men. But you are born again. You are made in the image of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that, that Jesus is your brother. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That God is your father. Satan is not your father. God is your father. Amen. It's, there is a difference. This is Abraham. And, 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 and you know, as, as wonderful as these men were, they honored God. You, you are more. The Bible says that a, one New Testament believer, the least New Testament believer, is greater than John the Baptist, and he was the greatest of all of the old covenant men. Everybody in here is greater than Him. Cause, just because we're new creations. Amen. We are, we are new in Him. Amen. Oh, well, I tell you, we are in Him. We are in Him. Thank you, Jesus. We do not, do not be ashamed of prospering. Do not be ashamed of being blessed. Do not hide your, you know, well, the relatives are coming over. I don't want them to see it because now it'll make them mad and it'll make them... They need to see it. They need to see that their lifestyle does not get them what your lifestyle gets you. What your God can do. Amen. Praise God. 
And so you're not blessed enough until you are envied. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, we don't need to be envying each other. Listen, if you look out in this congregation and you start seeing somebody get blessed, what you need to say is, God, you are no respecter of persons. That's right. That's what you need to say. But now we're talking about, we're talking about Philistines envying us. That's the, another word for heathens. We're talking about heathens. We're talking about carnal Christians. We talk about people that are not doing right. People that are, that are listening to the wrong gospel. Amen. 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 So, so you're, you're to be blessed. You're to be envied. Um, people ought to be able to tell God is at work in your life. Amen. So y'all agree with that. Now let's look at Jacob, Genesis chapter 27. We're going down the line. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Genesis 27. And we'll look in verse 4. And make me savory meat such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. So we see uh, the blessing. We see Isaac wanting to pass the blessing down, okay? And then verse... uh, Let's look at verse, uh, well, we'll keep reading. And Rebecca heard, hmm, I don't know if this is what I want to read or not. Let me get focused here. No, verse 27. That's where I want to go, down to verse 27. And he, and he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, See, see the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord hath blessed. Therefore, God give, thee, give of thee the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee and blessed be, be he that blesseth thee. Praise God. One more verse. And it came to pass as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, and Jacob had yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau his father, brother, came in from his hunting. So we see the blessing. What I'm wanting you to see here is the blessing of Abraham being passed on. Look at 28.3. And God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee that thou mayest be a multitude of people. And give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee, and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. And then look at verse 14. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east, and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So we see this same blessing being passed down another generation. So this thing can't be just for Abraham, can it? It's, it goes past that. Then look at verse 20 of this same chapter. And uh, it says, And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God, and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. So we see these men of God being blessed and the blessing of Abraham passing down, and we see them all that, that they're blessed to be a blessing, and we see them uh, blessing, being a blessing by tithing. And this I show you because I want to remind you that this is before the law. Okay? This is before Moses was given the law, and these guys are already tithing. 
Amen? Amen. And so uh, that's important that we note that. Look at uh, chapter 30, verse 27. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thy eyes, tarry. Now this is Jacob's thinking about leaving, and Laban's saying, Tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. You can ought to underline that. The Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. That's how it ought to be at the business that you're at, or, or, or wherever you're working, that they start getting blessed because of you. And, and uh, then in verse, uh, um, let's see, let me see where I am. Um, Look in verse uh, 30. For it was, now this is Jacob talking, for it was little which thou hadst before I came. Now it's not being prideful, just being truthful. You didn't, he said, Laban, you didn't have nothing before I got here. And uh, it is now increased unto a multitude, and the Lord hath blessed, blessed thee since my coming. And now when I shall all, I provide for my own house sake. Okay, so, so hey, Jacob is so blessed that it's causing who he's working for uh, to be blessed, okay? And so we see that blessing being passed down. Genesis 32 and verse 13. And he lodged there that same night. Now, this is when he's going back. And remember, Esau, his brother, had been very angry with him. The Bible says wroth. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's real angry. And it says, And took of that which came to his hand a present for Esau, his brother, 200 she-goats and 20 he-goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milk camels with their coats, 40 kine and 10 bulls, 20 she-asses and 10 foals. So the gift he gives to Esau is a minimum of 550 animals. So that's a pretty nice gift, wouldn't you say? Amen. You'd have to be pretty wealthy to give a gift like that of 550 animals. Now let's look at Joseph, Genesis 37. And keep going down through the generations. And we're going to look in verse 2. It says, These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad was with the sons of uh, Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. I'd really never seen that. Basically, what that means is they were out there bad-mouthing. I don't know what they were doing. Maybe they was talking doubt and unbelief. Maybe they were cursing God. They were doing something that was evil, an evil report, and Joseph went and tattled on them. Uh-huh. Well, and so it says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. We're in verse 3. Because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And you know, Joseph is hated by all his brothers. So definitely that doesn't give you a good feeling, does it? I mean, that's not a good feeling. Nobody wants to be hated by all his, your brothers and all your brothers' wives and all their kids. You know, you don't want to feel that way. And so, look, it says in verse 5, And Joseph dreamed a dream. Now, the reason he dreamed a dream was not to tell them. He dreamed a dream because God was comforting him. Uh-huh, but he didn't, he, but he told it. He's kind of, he must have been kind of a talk too much, you know, because he went and tattled and, you know, some kids are just like that, aren't they? <laughs> I know, I was, I was one of them. <laughs> And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And then let's look in uh, verse 20. 
of this chapter. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him, they're really mad, and cast him into some pit, and we will say some evil beast hath devoured him, and we will see what will become of his dreams. Well, let's see what became of his dreams, okay? They wanted to see what will become of his dreams, and they saw it, didn't they? Okay, so look in uh, chapter 39, verse 1. It says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him out, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. Now here he is, he's been bought. When you're bought, you're a slave, right? I mean, you can call it anything you want, but that's really basically what it is. Somebody owns you. And, uh, he said, but it says, even in that conditions, he was a prosperous man. Wow. Listen, don't let the circumstances of where you are limit you in prosperity. Amen. Listen, your income is not based on what your employer pays. Your income is directly related to what you give. You're the one deciding your income. You say, well, Debbie, I just don't understand. If I give, I don't understand how God's going to get it to me if it's not through my employer. You don't have to figure it out. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, for you not to lean to your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. See, we don't have to figure it out. And the soonest we figure that one out and get our mind renewed to that, it really does set you free when you say, now I don't have to figure this out. Amen? So what you need is seed in the ground. And then you've got to get the unbelief out of your mouth. See, sometimes we plant seed and we water it with unbelief. We water it with, man, I don't know what we're going to do. Man, it's short around here. I tell you, oh man, I tell you what, boy, Christmas was just over. Wow, you know. And we have, a, sometimes we're talking unbelief. And, you know, that's pretty blatant. But sometimes we're even subtly talking unbelief. God will, you know, uh, God will correct us. You know, we, we're, we're not having a, we're talking unbelief even when we say things. And I've said these things like, uh, man, groceries are so high. Groceries are so expensive. Man, you can go to the grocery store. Now, I'm quoting myself here. You can go to the grocery store and spend $80 and come out with two sacks. Why, used to, you could take $80 and load the whole car full, front seat, back seat, and the back end. You're just talking yourself, you're talking poverty. You're talking poverty. See, you've got to get a rich person. Rich people don't ever think about, you know, things like that. Man, aren't clothes expensive these days? I even told my kids, just kick myself. I mean, you know, I'm trying to, you know, here's what I tell, tell my kids. Now, kids, anything you got for Christmas this year that you don't like, now, I'm not, it's not going to hurt my feelings at all if you take it back. Now, clothes are just too expensive for you to just hang them in your closet. But see, there's a poverty even in that. Now, you know, you can say it like, hey, don't hurt my feelings, take anything back and exchange it that y'all don't like. You know, you can say that without, you know, without talking about when if you you got a poverty way of thinking when you talk about how expensive things are how many of you this week been saying man gasoline is going to a dollar 65 a gallon raise your little toe if you've talked about that this week do not raise your hand now some man <laughs> raised his hand <laughs> oh man see the, the rich people in tuscaloosa 
well, I'm not, I don't know, but if you really, there are rich people with poverty mentality. Amen. But the people that don't have poverty mentality in Tuscaloosa, it's not concerning them one iota what gasoline's going to. And it's not not to concern you because God said, Philippians 4.19, He's going to supply all your need. If it goes to $25 a gallon, I need it. I need it. My dad said, you know, we're retiring. I'm retiring from the bank. And and me and Rita now, we're going to have, I told her she's going to have to cut back and stuff. And Rita told me later, I cut back and he didn't. Uh, But (laughs) she said, I quit getting my nails nails done and everything. And he didn't. He didn't, oh, he don't get his nails done, but he didn't cut back. (laughs) No, when he was here one time, we lived in Trustful. I paint, I was painting my nails and I painted his big toe, my dad. He said the minute the golf course really rasped him over that toe that was painted. Um, anyway, my dad's a real cut up, you'd have to know. But anyway, he said, you know, Rita, uh, Rita we're going to have to cut back and everything. And so we was talking about Tuscaloosa. And I said, well, houses are more expensive here. You know, here I am over here in this than they are in Seminole. He said, because I'm telling him to come out here and live. And he says, uh, well, I couldn't afford to live there. I said, yes, you could. Because you if you had to have more, God would give you more. I said, because otherwise, how could somebody live in New York City? God has to give them people more. Because it costs more. My God shall supply all of my need. Do not concern yourself about the price of gas. Do not concern yourself that, you know, my first car, my daddy bought me a brand new Malibu, Chevrolet Malibu, when in 1972, he paid $3,000 for it. You can't get a lot for $3,000 these days. Do not concern yourself that automobiles are $25,000 and that's not for, you know, and more. You know, that's just for a, you know, small little, nice little car, but don't concern yourself. My God shall supply all of your need. Do you need one? Do you need an automobile? Oh, I'm telling you, this is a necessity. Amen? Don't concern ourselves. Hey, you are are prosperous. You do not have to store money. You do not have to have a storehouse. Now, I'm not saying you can't have, but I'm saying you do not have... If God says, give it all what you... You're prosperous. You'll not... You're prosperous. You don't have to fear. You don't have to have a, a sock for a rainy day. You don't have to have a cookie jar like your grandma did, saving up for a rainy day. You're prosperous. You don't have to store. You don't have to store food. Hallelujah. Uh, where are we? What what verse? What chapter? Did we read 21? Did we read 21? Then he asked the men. Am I in the right chapter? No, I'm not in the right chapter. I was in 38. Thir- uh, no, this is wrong. Verse 21. That's where I want to go. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prisons committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Praise God. Y'all like that? Then Genesis 41, verse 37. We're looking at Joseph here. And no, hey, we're not talking about a little blessed. We're talking about exceeding wealth here. We're talking about superabundance. 
we gotta, we got to get our mind renewed to it is all that we lack. Amen? And, and verse 37, it is hot in here, isn't it? Y'all think? Oh, y'all think it's wonderful? Okay, it's the, it's the anointing. Okay. Y'all are happy? I'm happy. And verse 37, but I saw somebody kind of look at it like, oh, so I didn't want anybody to faint over it. And the thing was good, verse 37, in the eyes of all his servants. Now, this is the idea that God gave him. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a man as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? See, when you're, listen, what you're, you ought to be having uh, ideas for your uh, boss's business to, to make him succeed and to make him prosperous. We have a friend that works for Amarada Hess, and he is a corrosion engineer, and he figured out how to save Amarada Hess millions of dollars because he just had a witty idea of how to do this, whatever he does, to these oil wells. And, uh, uh, and when, you know what? He didn't, he's not laid off. And, and Amarada Hess has laid off bunches and bunches and bunches of people, so many that they closed down. The whole Tulsa headquarters moved it all to Houston and uh, uh, have just laid off after layoff after layoff. But he has a job because he let God show him how to solve some of their difficult problems. Your employer has things he's trying to figure out. And it is so simple for God. Every, everybody that has a job, you can help your employer. Amen? And so you need to start asking God. And just start saying, well, you know, this doesn't work right. And kicking it when you walk by. Well, ask the Lord how to fix it. And get yourself a promotion. Amen? And it says, verse 39, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thee. So there's promotion there. Amen? You need to expect these things. You need to expect these things. Praise God. And don't be discouraged if you tell your boss something. Now see, you know, there's some men with pride. And I know a particular man who uh, his secretary told me that sometimes they'll say, well, so in, uh, Mr. Boss, sir, oh, that's how I'll call him. Uh, this would be a, might be a good way of doing things. And he either doesn't say anything or he, or he says, no. But then two weeks later, they'll be doing it like, amen. So don't get rejected. Just let the Lord work. Amen. Praise God. Because it takes some people some time. Sometime. Um, then let's look at uh, chapter 45, verse 16. Joseph is blessed. Verse 16 of 45. And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come, and it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, This do ye, laid your beasts, and go, get you into the land of Canaan, and take your father and your households, and come unto me, and I will give you the good of the land of Egypt. Now he's promising him something, and ye shall eat the fat of the land. Now, that, now thou art commanded this, do ye? Take you wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives, and bring your father and come. Listen to this, verse 20. Also regard not your stuff, for the good of the land of Egypt is yours. He said don't even mess with packing up your stuff. Amen. Now listen. 
they were blessed already of the Lord. Remember, we've been through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They had some good stuff. He said, just leave it home. Because I'm going to give you even better. I'm going to give you the best of the land of Egypt. Don't even bother to bring it. Hallelujah, glory. Hallelujah. 47.4 They said, Moreover unto Pharaoh, For to sojourn in the land are we come, for thy servants have no pasture for their flocks, for the famine is sore in the land of Canaan. Now therefore we pray thee, let thy servants dwell in the land of Goshen. And Pharaoh spake unto Joseph, saying, Thy father and thy brethren are coming to thee. The land of Egypt is before thee. In the best of the land make thy father and brethren to dwell. In the land of Goshen let them dwell. And if thou knowest any men of activity among them, then make them rulers over my cattle. So he gives them the best of the land. Amen. Y'all still with me? Let's keep going. Let's look at David now. Just keep looking at these Old Testament men. See how wealthy and blessed they were of God. First uh, Chronicles chapter 22. Now I'm going somewhere with all this, so hang on. But we're doing Bible study. First Chronicles 22.5. And, and this is David. And David said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender, and the house that is to be builded for the Lord, look at this, must be exceeding magnificent, of fame and of glory throughout all countries. He says the house that you must build for, for the Lord should be exceeding magnificent, of fame and of glory throughout all countries. The word magnificent there means to be large, to grow, become great and excellent, promote, praise, and magnify. Amen? How many of you know God wants to bless? Verse 11. Now, my son, the Lord be with thee, and prosper thou, and build the house of the Lord thy God, as he hath said of thee. Only the Lord give thee wisdom and understanding, and give thee charge concerning Israel, that thou mayest keep the law of the Lord thy God. Then shalt thou prosper, if thou takest heed to fulfill the statutes and judgments which the Lord charged Moses with concerning Israel. Be strong and of good courage, dread not, nor be dismayed. Uh... Now behold, in my trouble, I have prepared for the house of the Lord a hundred thousand talents of gold and a thousand thousand talents of silver. This is what David said, I've already prepared for the house. He didn't build the house, but he prepared this for the house. And of brass and iron without weight, for it is in abundance, timber also and stones have I prepared, and thou mayest add thereto. Moreover, there are workmen with thee in abundance, Hewers and workers of stone and timber, and all manner of cunning men for every manner of work, of the gold, the silver, and the brass, and the iron, there is no number. Arise, therefore, and be doing, and the Lord be with thee. Well, uh, here's what David prepared uh, for the Lord. A hundred thousand talents of gold in our... Uh, in our value of gold at this day, and, and a talent is so many troy ounces, and, and gold is worth so much per troy ounce. And in, so in our day, this would be 52,500,000,000 in gold. In silver, 100,000 talents is 6 billion. And it says brass, iron, and timber without, you, I mean, they didn't even bother to weigh it. It was just too much, okay? And then chapter 29, verse 2. So we see exceeding wealth here, don't we? It seems to me what I'm seeing as I study this is from Abraham on, they're just getting richer. They're getting more wealthy. 
It's just increasing from generation to generation. Chapter 29, verse 2. Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God the gold for the things to be made of gold and the silver for the things of silver and the brass for things of brass, the iron for things of iron and wood for things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistering stones and of divers colors and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of mine own proper good of gold and silver which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. So what he's saying is is that that first figure that we gave you that was the stuff that he just took out of the kingdom and gave. But this is he's saying now out of my own pocket this is what I'm going to give to the Lord or I gave for the building. Even 3,000 talents of gold and the gold of Ophir and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses thereof. And the gold for things of gold and the silver for things of silver and for all manner of work to be made by the hands of artificers. And who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? And uh, uh, so I wanted to tell you about that. If we translate that into our day, then David out of his own pocket gave one billion five hundred and seventy five million dollars worth of gold and forty two million dollars worth of silver to the building of the house of the Lord. Now you know we read in other places, at least two places in the word, where it says that David's a man after God's own heart. And we've heard it preached a lot of different ways, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but we've heard because he is quick to repent. We've heard all other things that why David was a man after God's own heart. But I tell you one thing, I bet this moves God's heart too. Hallelujah. He was a giver, wasn't he? Being a giver moves God's heart towards you. Being a giver moves God's heart. It's not a matter of how much. It's important that you have that you give. You don't have $42 million worth of, of silver to give. You don't have $42 million cash to give. But see, it's not according to how much you have. It's, according, it's not according to how much you don't have. It's according to how much you have. God doesn't, in other words, let me say it this way. God looks at what you've got left. That's what he looks at. And he says to sow bountifully. He says to sow bountifully. So bountifully to me might be different than bountifully to you. Amen. Not according to what you, how tight and, and, and how generous your heart is or how miserly your heart is because of the unrenewed mind and the fear that's in you, but he, you know what's left in the bank account. So there's people that might, could give huge amounts, but they're not being generous with God, are they? And then there's people that are don't ha- don't don't maybe have huge amounts yet because they hadn't believed it in, but they're being very generous with God. Yeah, a lot of people are waiting to get out of debt to give, and they're trying to get out of it, trying to get out of it. Man, we're trying, we're believing to be out of debt. We're trying to get out of debt. Listen, Pastor and I have proved this over and over because we've been in and out of debt about three times, not going there again, but for through some situations, uh, got out of debt. But every time, the way we got out of debt was we gave our way out. We didn't save our way out. We didn't uh, scrimp our way out. I already told you I'm not good at that scrimping stuff. You know, well, we could just cut back here a little bit. No, we gave our way out of debt. Amen. Amen. Now, that's what, that's how you do it. That's how you do it because you, you've got to increase what's coming in. Pastor Webb says, instead of trying to figure out how you can cut back, why don't you figure out how to get more in by getting in faith? It takes more faith to cut back than it does to believe more in. 
And besides, some of you have cut it to the bone and you still can't do it. Amen. So why don't you just believe more in? If, you're, if you need 200 extra dollars this month, why don't you believe it in? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, so it's clear to us that God's will for their lives was abundant prosperity. Now go to Galatians 3, verse 13. And they were extremely wealthy to the point that others took notice. Now we said all of that to say this. Because remember, all of this has to do with the blessings of Abraham. And he said, uh, I'm going to bless you. And so God didn't change his mind after Adam fell, did he? He said, I'm going to bless you and you're going to be blessed to be a blessing. Galatians 3. Some of you are not thinking, you're, think, you're not thinking about being a blessing enough. One thing Pastor Webb says too is that he spends all his time thinking about what he's going to give. And you're not thinking about being a blessing enough. You're waiting. You're saying someday. Someday is not faith. The Bible says now faith is. Not someday we're going to prosper. Someday we're going to get out of debt. I know it's coming. I know, see, all of that, I know it's coming is not faith. I'm helping you. I'm not trying to be critical of you. I'm trying to help you. Because all of these things that I'm telling you, I've said at one time or another. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Get your mind on your giving right now. Get your mind off of your need. Get your mind off of the someday. Get your mind off. Of, get your mind on being a blessing right now. You can find ways to be a blessing. Amen. You have seed to sow. It may be flour and chocolate chips that you have to stir together, but you can find ways to be a blessing. You can find ways to bless. You can always bless. And, and it, need, it can't be a once-a-year thing. Oh, yeah, once a year I get in a sewing mood and, I, and I'm a blessing. No, you need to get into a flow. You need to get into a flow. Don't ever let the cycle stop. Don't let the cycle stop. I wrote that over here. When you consume it on yourself, you break the cycle. When See, God says He blesses you. I bless you. And when we consume it on ourselves, all of it, you know what I mean, we, we break the cycle. Because you're blessed to be a blessing. So when a blessing comes in, some of it needs to go to the... First of all, you need to tithe, and then some of it needs to go to being a blessing. Amen? Being a blessing. You need to think about blessing. Think about blessing. This week I want you to think about being a blessing, okay? We're in Galatians chapter 3. Christ hath, verse 13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Are you a Gentile? Yes. Then the blessing of the Abraham is supposed to come on you through faith. Well, why hadn't it been on the church? Because they just didn't believe it. It's not faith when you don't believe you're supposed to prosper. You need to believe that you're the seed of Abraham and God wants to bless you. Look at verse 6 of that chapter. Even as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. 
and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying in thee shall all nations be blessed so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham now are all Christians going to be blessed with faithful Abraham who's going to be with blessed with faithful Abraham those that are in faith amen then look at verse 26 of the same chapter for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek there is neither bond nor free there is neither male nor female for ye are all one in Christ Jesus and if ye be Christ then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise if you belong to Christ then you are the seed of Abraham and you are an heir you get blessed by faith, though. Amen? Well, um, so we need, to, we need to just start believing. We need to renew our mind, which that's what we're doing, and, and just start believing because it's those that believe that get blessed with faithful Abraham. And, you know, I can, I can verify for you that from the time we heard this message, God has increased us more and more and more and more. Now, you know, there's been times when Satan threw something in our face, but you know what? We overcame every time. Amen. Hallelujah. And, 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 we, and, it, and there were times when we just didn't know enough. And some of you, all you, you just need to know more. You just need more of a renewed mind. So just keep plugging at it. Just keep working on it. Just keep going back over these scriptures. You wrote them down tonight. Just keep going over them and going back over them and going back over them and, and staying in faith and staying connected and not letting go of some things. Uh, I, I, how many of you, uh, how many of you didn't get one of these, uh, uh, prophecies that was given by the Holy Spirit to Jerry Savelle for the year 2000. A bunch of them. Some of them have one and some of them don't. Oh, here's another one because I do have one in my, part, my, part, my Bible. I didn't realize. You need one of these. And uh, this is not just something I, you know, I'm just passing out tonight. Oh, that's cute. Let's throw it away or let's hide it somewhere in our Bible and never see it. No, you need to, to, to read this, you know, daily, multiple times a day if you can. And, and uh, if you, how, how bad do you want it, you know? And, uh, and then speak this over you and your family. It says, um, does everybody have one now? It says, the year 2000 will surely bring manifestations of my power as never seen. Extraordinary things your eyes shall see because you've stood fast in your faith in me. So rejoice and get ready to enjoy my best. You've overcome your adversary. You've passed every test. Now walk in the blessings I've held in store and prepare to increase more and more. This is the year you've been waiting for, the year of abundance. You'll lack no more. Praise God. Hallelujah. We all receive that. Amen. Now I want to read you some things that God said, when we started to pray in the prayer room tonight, and I've had this happen a few times in my life where all of a sudden, uh, the God just started, uh, there was nearly a prophetic flow and I just started writing what the Lord was saying down. Um, and, but there was a flow of the prophetic tonight and it says, a change in the tide tonight, turn, turn in the corner. Now just take this. There's a change in the tide and some of you turned the corner tonight. Amen. 
you know, it's like that. I mean, you'll be walking along trying to renew your mind, and all of a sudden, it's like something clicks, something snaps, and, and that's what's happening, okay? Um, and then the Lord said, and we're going to do this in a minute, to pronounce the blessing. Just like Abraham passed it, and Isaac, they passed the blessing. We're going to pronounce the blessing here in a minute. And, and then it was, the Lord said, favor tide. Ride the, way, ride the wave of favor. The evidence of the favor of God this month in the next 30 days. The rails are greased. Get on the track. Resist the curse. Don't resist the blessing. You know, some people resist prosperity and fight the faith message and the prosperity message. Resist the curse. Don't resist the blessing. Amen. Amen. Those that resist the blessing open themselves to the curse. Uh, there's a fine line between blessing and cursing. Stay on the victory side. Faith comes from the renewed mind. If you don't have, if you don't, you say, I, I believe this, but I just don't have faith for what you're saying yet. Just keep renewing your mind. Faith comes from the renewed mind. High tide, cups filled up. I've been, and this is the Lord, I mean all the Lord, but he's saying this specifically to you. I've been pacing myself like a parent does with a young child. You know, when you get ready to bless your child, you pace yourself, don't you? I mean, you don't bless a two-year-old with an automobile, do you? Or don't you pace yourself? There's, a, there's an age when you get to that. Um, and some parents get there too soon, but it says, and then that's why we have 14-year-olds driving around here, you know. It says, but now I'm letting go, but now I'm letting go all the blessings of heaven. God said, I've been pacing myself with my kids. He's been wanting to pour out a lot more. Amen? But now he's letting it all go from heaven. A surge of finances that will never stop. This thing we're coming in and, and God's releasing into us is not a, okay, here's a blessing and then, okay, we're, this is a never stopping thing. Amen? If he said, if you don't stop, I won't stop. We've got to guard our mouths in these days as like never before. He says, I'm calling my people to obey. Listen, family, obey like never before. God will reward you. When, when, when you feel an unction to do something, do it. God will reward you. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Don't let your flesh dictate to you. Don't let your flesh say, oh, God, I don't want to get up and pray right now. You know, hey, God will reward you. Keep the reward before your face. Keep the reward before your face. There's a reward. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, God said to pronounce the blessing. So we, I, I feel like we're supposed to do it this way. Uh, uh, if an usher will take that, we'll clear up the front here. And uh, so if you're the head of the house here, and if, you're, um, if, if your husband's not here and the wife only is here, then you're the head representative.